Leonard Hamilton is a Hall of Fame coach, and of course, I had to bring on Locked On Seminoles host Jersey Drake in the building for Free South Friday as we talk about that. And we get you ready for Saturday's matchups, the best bets going into the weekend. We want to have you covered. All right, let's get into it. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to today's edition of Locked on ACC. Thank you for making us your first listen each and every day, followed by Locked on Seminoles podcast with my host, Drizzy Drake, in the building. Thank you so much, Drizzy, for joining us. Happy Friday, friend. Happy Friday. Thank God the weekend is finally <laughs> here. We're able to relax, rest and relax. Because trust me, right now, my shoulder is messed up from you know going to the gym a little bit too much because I'm trying to be one of those healthier people this new year. So okay. let's get right into talking some basketball because right now See, I, <laughs> I thought it was the fact that the Knolls have had to try and carry the load for the ACC right oh. now is why your shoulder's been hurting. You like that? You like I, that? I like, I see you, I like the <laughs> No doubt. Well, we had talked about earlier in the week Florida State taking down number six Duke, who probably will move in the, down in the rankings actually, but who knows because Indiana upset Purdue last night, and that's why you play college basketball, people. But a lot of good games going into the weekend, and also we want to talk talk a little bit about Leonard Hamilton because we had a conversation and I was talking offline with Drizzy Drake about the fact that Hammy didn't have the best start when he came to FSU, but now is considered a Hall of Fame coach. And of course, we have Hubert Davis on the other side of things at Chapel Hill in a Blue Blood organization, and he is trying to find his way, currently sitting at 12-5 and with some wins. But after that Miami game, I don't know, things are looking kind of shaky. So we're going to go through all of that. But let's start with the Seminoles, right? They have a big matchup on Saturday at 2 on ESPN against the Miami Hurricanes. And I'm just feeling like this is going to tell me a lot about the ACC after this matchup, how good or bad it does. If Miami comes out strong, we really have to have more confidence. Miami, they might be a solid squad. If Florida State, you know, hits that thing, gets a W, I might have to, you know, say, okay, we slept on them in the beginning, but ain't no sleeping now. What are your thoughts, Jersey Drake? Oh, I hate this game so damn much. Uh, <laughs> it's really funny because I'm not going to lie to you, that Miami game from last week, we, we did beat them during the current win streak that we're on with five. I personally am of the belief that foul in the game should not have been called. I personally think that probably that win against Miami kind of, you know, put expectations a little too high on this team because me personally, mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, is probably the, one of the worst teams that Coach Ham has had in the past decade. Yeah, and then the Duke win. I mean, you saw the game. If we're being completely honest with you, that that Duke game was just we should have won that game. I think we saw <laughs> like thirty six percent from the field, less like twenty nine percent from three. Yeah, and this is but the Seminoles team is finding ways to win, which we've always been saying that this is a very very young team with a Matthew Cleveland, a Jalen Warley. I mean, Caleb Mills, while he may be a redshirt sophomore, he doesn't have that much playing time. He's still trying to acclimate to Coach Ham's system, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting because it's going to be down in Miami. And Miami just came off. They lost that tough game against us. And then they blew the doors off y'all by 27 points or something like that. And yeah. Isaiah Wong, Cameron McGusty, and Charlie Moore, are, that's a very, very solid threesome right there. To me, it's going to be a very close game. And if we win that game, it's going to be interesting because we talked about it the other day, like I think earlier in the week, where it feels like the conference is eating itself and making oh them look, look God, like the yes. Yeah, like it make, it's making it look like the Pac-12 of basketball. Whereas I always say, like, you know, they never were going to win anything because they always beat up each other. Mm-hmm. We're doing the same damn thing right now in basketball. A hundred percent. And I really said, probably in my mind, if I didn't say it here on the Locked on ACC podcast, 
FSU winning did not bode well for the conference. Like that's not good. Like Duke losing all like I know as you know a fan, as someone that you know Carolina grad, sure. Anytime Duke loses, did Duke win.com? No, of course. That's a great time for me. Sure. But in the conference sake of how many bids we're trying to get, it's absolutely not a great idea, guys. If we're trying to get more of our friends to play along come March, we need to have more people dancing. And you can't do that if you take apart the best team out there. But target on backs, everyone everyone can get it. I think there, there is the only bright side to that is everyone can get it on any given night. It is, and I will say that Raekwon Evans, shout out to you for a defensive play of the game. Also, you know, icing two straight games with two straight free throws. And it can say that I'm Raekwon Evans, and I made sure that Coach K ended his career at the TL Triple C, the Leon Tucker, the Leon Tucker Center, with an L. Coach K, last game there, an L. And you know how I feel about Coach K and Duke. I love every <laughs> second of that. And you know, Wendell Moore taking that final shot, I was just like, you know, Girl. <laughs> Paulo Banquero is the guy. He is the guy. I'm not going to hold anybody to it. He's going to win ACC Player of the Year. If he doesn't, I don't understand. I get, you know, we've seen flashes from Darion Sebron from uh, NC State. We've seen Alondez Williams have great time. Cool. Name Paulo. Period. Period. It's pushing P. We're pushing P. Okay. The end of his name is Hero. Okay. Let the man live up to his damn name. You can't spell Benchero without Hero. Give him the rock and get out the way. Yeah. He literally put you back into that game. Why would you do anything other than give him the ball back, you know, on that last possession in overtime? In case anyone didn't know, it was 78-79. Florida State win over Duke Blue Devils. But I'm telling you what, he put he inbounded it, and then Wendell Moore tried to take over. That's not your job, and that's okay. You know, know your, know your role, big dog. I know you're a senior leader, but that was Paolo's moment, and you took, you took it away. You ain't that guy, pal, Wendell. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, it's it's really funny because I, I kind of want to know why did Paolo Bantero take, what, 10 to 12 minutes before taking his first shot in the second half? Was that yeah. like, I, I mean, our defense was really good that game. We had, I think, 16 turnovers. I mean, like, forced. But with Banchero, like, that kid just, he just immediately took over. I think with uh, Tariq Ellis, I think is the kid name that came. Oh, sorry, Tariq Keels. Uh, Trevor Keels. Thank you. Trevor Keels is the mm-hmm. kid that came out. And... Like once with Jonathan, I think Jonathan Roach came in and then literally with Banchero just like took over. I think he scored like eight or nine points to force the OT. And then literally was the, the majority of the scoring actually in overtime. So I was like, why do we just not just keep passing him the damn ball? It's like, it's yeah. like with Patrick Mahomes and Terry Hill. Like, you know, he's, he's down there somewhere. Just throw right to him every single damn time. Absolutely. And, you know, I think that, you know, going back to the Florida State Miami game again, it'll be on Saturday at 2 p.m. The way Wong and McGusty just took over the game is how I feel like they're going to have to deliver this weekend when they were, you know, given everything they got to UNC and making them hurt every single play. And then you had, what was it, Hamburg? Is that his name? Having, <laughs> having one of the games of his life, putting up 20, like career high 21 points. And it was on another level, you know, being a big man. And obviously Carolina had the opportunity to stay in the game and they should have fed their big men as well, but it didn't happen. And so he lived. So there had that so that is one of the biggest games we have going into the weekend. But there are other matchups that we don't want to exclude and we got to talk about. Let's also talk about uh, Syracuse and Duke starting at the top of the lineup. It's 12 o'clock, a must win for the Syracuse Orangemen. They have to play in Cameron. They are <laughs> in desperate need of a win. They're currently sitting at 9-9. Nine and nine. And like us Wake Forest having to play a Duke team coming off a loss. Hate it had to be you, dog. <laughs> yeah, that's unfortunate. I'm 
it's really funny because you tweeted out that gif from the movie Miracle where Coach Herbert <laughs> makes them run the suicides like again, again, again. Yeah. I am without a shadow of a doubt. The moment the plane landed back in North Carolina at Duke, Coach K made them practice. Yeah. Coach K made them run that, especially with Wendell Moore, because that game was an easily attainable. There should have been no reason why they shouldn't have won that game. And the fact yeah. that they kept how poorly we played, I bet you Coach K is hot. So I feel really <laughs> bad for the Syracuse team. Like I know lines aren't out until the morning of. I probably I wouldn't be surprised if the opening line right now is gonna be twelve and a half, maybe thirteen. Take them by twenty. Yeah. Because the Syracuse is gonna be that sacrificial land to be like kind of jumpstart them up again because that just yeah, I hate it had to be you guys. Because hate it had to be a serious refocus. And then also you have at noon Virginia Tech and Boston College. Virginia Tech coming off a big win against NC State. The fight, despite the fact that the Wolfpack really got clawed their way back into that matchup, the Hokies were able to pull it off. And I think they're just putting the pieces together to have a solid squad as they're heading into ACC tournament play because they're going to have to have a strong showing there if they want to get to that NCAA tournament. I mean, yeah, they're going to need to, but it's going to be really interesting because, like, I think we said at the beginning of the year, they were, we need to see how to play more games because they did seem like one of the more well rounded, better teams actually in the conference. It kind of seems to me they're probably one of the more fraudulent teams, like, probably heading into this probably February. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, if you look there, they have losses towards Virginia, who isn't a particularly good team. They, I mean, right. they, got, they got beat up by Duke, but then they lost to Dayton. They lost to a Wake Forest team that now we know is pretty good, but they lost by 20 points. So yeah. now you're kind of seeing where. Who actually on Virginia Tech right now? You're like truly, truly scared of, and like also like basically speaking, like I mean, yeah, they clawed, had clawed North Carolina State almost clawed their way back, but it's like, is this team really, really damn that good? And if you look at their resume, what win actually truly like stands out to you, honestly? That's fair. I think that's a fair point, and I would say the NC State win, but NC State is doing NC State stuff. So no, there's not there. Good points, very valid. I'm going to give you that one. But Boston College, also a team that's seven and nine. I don't think anybody thought they were going to have seven wins this season. So I don't sleep <laughs> on the Eagles. Coach Grant is definitely giving people more than what they have bargained for with that group, and I feel like. You know, if the Hokies try and play down, it certainly can be one that they get caught slipping. So there's that. Other half of the game, got to go through the rest of the list here. But before I do, want to remind you guys about NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying ahead of your competition. 93% of survey businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite, so for the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D. Again, head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Drizzy Drake in the building, Locked on ACC podcast. You can find us every single day for up to 30 minutes a day. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also subscribe on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on ACC or our personal handles down there on the screen. If you are currently watching now, we have to go over the rest of these games here on Saturday, 4 o'clock. Notre Dame will take on Louisville. A Notre Dame team, 11-6. and six, A Louisville team, 11-7. and seven. Two great schools who are having an up-and-down year can certainly have it rolling for them and you know, Notre Dame relies on that great three ball and they came up short. They almost came up short against a team like Howard. But, you know, shout out to HBCUs, right? Give an opportunity to go play at Howard. Coach Mike Bray, you know, I want to give him an extra nod for that. because I think it's incredible that he took his team up there and he let him play. 
And everyone who's saying that's why we don't let uh, our teams play mid-majors, man, if y'all ain't got it, just say you ain't got it. And that's what it is. But that's, I digress. I could be on a soapbox all day. Louisville, on the other hand, Chris Mack, he's getting frustrated. The media is getting frustrated with old boy. And I'm just feeling like, all right, <laughs> what can we do? What's got to give? How can the Cardinals pick up a win? Or how can Notre Dame keep things going? So I think that's really interesting because you talk about their three-point defense, the three points like overall. Like Notre Dame actually defensively is like top, I think, 50 in efficiency for defense for when it comes to the three. Whereas Louisville is actually, I think, top 30, top 45 when it comes to three balls. So it's going to be a very interesting match like from that sort of thing. To me, Louisville, I think I has to exploit that a little bit more. But it is going to be a very – to me, this is going to be the game of the weekend because I think it's the mm. most evenly matched. I think it's going to be probably the best game to watch, basically, which we kind of need right now because none of the games the past like, few days have been very, you know, great unless you're a fan of the team. Mm-hmm. So, to me, I think Louisville definitely needs to probably actually sink those three balls and kind of like basically it's sort of edge them out a little bit that way. Ooh, I like that. Okay. I wouldn't I wouldn't even have them tap for that, but I might circle that on my calendar. Virginia and NC State, two teams that are middle of the road, middle of the pack. Virginia's having an up and down year. They're just giving me, I don't know what they're giving me. It's giving, we know what you do and how you kind of play now. So it's not as fun because we know it's going to be low scoring. It's going to be defense, quote unquote. And maybe you guys are going to shoot a couple shots, but it's not quite voting well. And to say, on the other hand, I love this team. I know it's crazy, but I do. They have a lot of heart. Can't, can't always put it together, but the kids got hearts. And sometimes you just have to be happy with that. I don't know. I'm not a moral victory person either. So I don't even know why I said that, but something about them. I just, I really want them to do well. I want to, I just want them to finish all the way to the end of the, when the clock hits zero, they get a win. That's what I want for them. It's Darren Sebron. I mean, yeah. I think that's, that's literally the reason why. I mean, like if you watch any of their games, that kid, I think was their leading scorer for a little bit, but then like, as the players came back, he's kind of taking a step back. But if you mm-hmm. notice people are keying on him, he still is performing really well, but you can just see the motor and the hustle. And he does, it, it seems like he's like, when you say 110%, my man is giving like 115, 120 every single yeah. damn play. And that's kind of why you love to watch this team play. And that kid, that kid's special, man. I actually can't mm-hmm. wait to see when draft wars start to come out. I kind of want to see where he kind of falls on that because that definitely, he's a kid that's going to probably be a very solid player actually at the professional level. And to me, the team kind of ends, ends with them because they can't close out games, but maybe just maybe just sometime soon they'll be able to because that's a team yeah. that you don't want to face at probably at conference play or at tournament right. time because georgia tech was like that last year True. and georgia tech won the conference Georgia Tech actually performed well in the tournament so that's there may be this year's georgia tech where it's like damn they might not have any sort of like certain star 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 like you know like a paulo Banchero or mm-hmm. france wagner from michigan last year but that definitely is a team that you don't want to play because they don't give up they might and all if they find out the close games that's a dangerous ass team that's a really good point, Drake, because I think, you know, they have that cardiac pack energy where they're going to make you stress out the entire time, but they may be able to pull it off in the end. So, yeah, definitely could be a team to make some noise during the tournament. And I also like to Cravion Smith. He's a young guy that went into Cameron and definitely shot the lights out. And I think Cam Hayes is having a sophomore slump, but at the right time, anybody can catch lightning. I'm hoping that Manny Bates comes back. I don't know how, what his eligibility is looking like, but I want them to give Keats one more year. I know everyone's on the hot seat about him. Everyone's not feeling him, but I just, something in me, you know, I have a little heart, heart string. Like just give this guy a couple, one more shot, one more shot with a good team, a mature team who understands the assignment and they can roll. All right. Two more games here, Pittsburgh and Clemson, Pittsburgh, a team that, you know, they have some up-down moments. Shout out to their big man, Mr. Hughley, holding it down. They have some down moments at times. Clemson is always going to be a solid team, currently sitting at 10-8. and eight. And as I read these, you know, uh, current records, I'm like, God, there's a lot of losses on here for the ACC. It's not boating well. But 
this one, do we feel like the Tigers are going going to be an easy matchup or will the Panthers kind of try and step up this time? It's going to be interesting because I think that like from what I'm looking at right now, like Clemson's favorite to beat them by like 10 points mm-hmm. right, when Lions start dropping out. And this is a Clemson team that just got absolutely throttled by Syracuse by 13. And to me, and they're on they're on a three game losing streak, and that's something that's kind of like probably is definitely a bad taste bad taste in their mouth for that team. But then when you look over at Pittsburgh, like it's they're not that great personally, in my personal opinion. They're not that great yeah. of a team, and like this should be a game that Clemson should easily handle. And I mean, I know that Pittsburgh played Virginia very close recently, which yeah. as much as we don't like Virginia and how we find them, I personally find them as a boring ass team to watch <laughs> every single time. But it's effective, so I mean, yeah. hey, what you're doing, yeah. But that might be something more of those like. I think that Clemson should probably handle this game extremely easily. Yeah, no doubt. Okay, well, you know, I don't want to waste my time on Clemson and Pittsburgh because I feel like it's just going to be meh, another ACC game in the books. I yeah. will say the one you circled on Saturday night at 8 p.m. on ACC Network, Carolina, North Carolina versus Wake Forest, that's the one to me where if Carolina does not show up in a big way, like I don't even care if it's close and they lose. If you don't – I was going to say something inappropriate, but it was going to be, it's not a cuss word, but you know, oh, no, 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 you let it out. Let it out, let it out. <laughs> you you got to let, you gotta let the cojones drop a little bit here. Like where, where are we? We got, we got to figure out, we got to figure out who we are as a man. Okay. <laughs> we got to figure out who we are as men because no leaders on that team currently. I want to see coach Hubert Davis get mad. I know he doesn't cuss, but man, if he could just give me a frick or something, a darn, like a hardcore daggum, like something. <laughs> give me let me know there's a pulse over there in chapel hill because let me tell you what them boys in winston-salem they're not playing and wake forest i ain't even gonna be mad i'm not even gonna hold y'all i feel like it's going to be a long night for the tar heels yeah um <laughs> this is actually a game i'm gonna take y'all in primarily really because i think everyone is expecting right now for wake forces like show that they are probably are actually for real finally i mean and all, but if you see that the most of the games they played for like big like name teams, they lost to Duke. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louisville, we know they're not that great, but they still lost to Louisville, like a name brand in college basketball. And if mm-hmm. you look at trending wise, LSU, the same thing, they lost. So to me, it's like if you look at big name brands for college basketball, they don't know how to step to the occasion. Part of being a good team is like kind of playing out your weight because, you know, it's a little more difficult for smaller schools like that. And to yeah. me, I'm still believing I'm Miranda uh, Baycott. See, see, I almost caught myself. I got it. I got it now. I got it. But, <laughs> but to me, this is a Wake Forest, a North Carolina team that probably they definitely need to wake up after Miami. But I kind of also say against Miami, I think Miami's good. Not a lot of people do. I think they're really damn good. I think they have yeah. a very solid roster. A lot of people like to me playing that experience like that matters a lot, especially in college basketball. When yeah. I say it, and like to me, like that was a thirty. I know it was like a thirty-point game, twenty-seven point loss, but. That's something that definitely Coach Hubert Davis, I, I mean, he may not be cussing, but you know that man definitely had, had them doing a little bit of extra work before this game. So I wouldn't be surprised if UNC kind of shows up and shows out for this game. You know, every time a coach decides not to make it because of illness and not COVID-related, the team ends up doing well. So I don't know if, you know, it happened with Duke, Coach K, they had to FaceTime in the locker room. It happened with Wake Forest and Coach Forbes was out for an illness. So maybe Hubert Davis just wants to have a cold you know, one of these matchups certain soon if they can't figure out how to get a win. So I, I'm, I'm just throwing, you know, ideas out there. You don't have to keep them, guys. It's not for free. You know, always pay me for my time and my ideation. But you've heard all the matchups going into Saturday, and you know what to do when it comes to getting these bets together. The lines come out tomorrow morning, and we want you guys set. So go to Bet Online. 
reigns your number one spot for all of the best sports wagering action for 2022 from football, basketball, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all these amazing offers. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. Bet online. You go to betonline.ag where the game starts and you can get a promo code of locked on L O C K E Z O N and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. You can either use a desktop or mobile website. Again, go to betonline.ag. All right, we're wrapping up the show here, Locked On ACC Podcast. I'm your host, Candace Cooper. Didn't say that at the top of the show, but I feel like you guys can read in this fundamental. And you log on every day. I got some faithful people who just know what time it is. But if it's your first time listening, thanks so much for joining. If you've lasted all through 23, 20 minutes and 37 seconds, I appreciate you. You know, it's a vibe. Drizzy Drake is always our Friday host. Freestyle Friday holds it down, Locked On Seminoles Podcast. Him and his crew do big things when it comes to the Knowles talk. Sometimes they have spaces and it gets wild. But, you know, you never know. I pop in from that time to time. I'm, all, I'm learning to like pop into these spaces from ACC teams so I can just hear what the other side thinks. And it's never until you go into another space that you hear about how people feel about your school that it's very amazing. Like, oh, I didn't know people hate North Carolina like that. And it's like, oh, damn. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I didn't know people hate Duke like that. Oh, damn. You know what I'm oh, saying? No, like, it's yeah. very interesting to me. It, it's so funny because I, I hopped in the Miami Cane space the other day. I'm like, yeah. I, I know, I'm like, I'm like, there's some weird respect in here, but then I and then that's <laughs> immediately cratered out. And I was in an SEC space. I'm like, damn, they really who's freaking hate my school. I'm like, damn, what did we do to y'all? Like, I know our Twitter is toxic, but damn. Well, I love you guys by the way, Twitter, by the way. Right. We had like I was listening to Virginia and they were talking about their new OC or there's something, new position, something. And I swear they were just going in on UNC because they were talking about Dre Bly and the defense and the fact that he's out recruiting the Virginia standpoint. And I was just like, well. He doing something right. Now, whether they can He's put it together, <laughs> okay? And I never got the opportunity to really talk about Coach Bateman being fired here, but I am not sad. So, anyway, Saturday games. I'm Florida. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, I guess. I, you know, that's probably good for y'all. That's actually great for Florida State. Oh, Florida I know. Matchup. I am so happy. He's going to be the one more coach. Because I'm like watching. I'm like, damn. Who's team? Oh, back. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then quick reminder, we have one game on Sunday. Georgia Tech will play Clayton uh, State. And so that'll be good to go. I don't know why they haven't played a game yet, but Clayton has not. And it'll be at nine, 5 o'clock on ACC Network Extra. So get the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets some love there Sunday. And then, of course, he has some really good women's games. If you have not – I don't even know how I can say this enough. If you have not watched the women's game, run it back. Because last night, the North Carolina State Wolfpack, 31-9, fourth quarter comeback to beat number three Louisville. Are you kidding me? Number two on ESPN, top 10 story. You know, they always do the highlights. And they made number two because it was just that incredible. Diamond Johnson, got to give a shout out to my girl because – Talk about a shooter. You want to talk about Alyssa Kunane doing her thing. Solid. Crutchfield, solid. Oh, my gosh. It was just – it was great. They're not even my team. And I was really – I was just thoroughly impressed. And I like Louisville, but I was just thoroughly impressed by the comeback. But I think for women's basketball, you see just the, the drop-off is crazy, right? I think when you get to, like, number seven, number ten, it's, it gets real dicey real quick. Now, I remember like growing up, like when we had it back in high school, like watching and everything. I was like, I mean, that's very true. Where like once you go out of the top four, or the top five, the drop off is really, really real. Yeah, and it's kind of funny because that's I feel the same way about that for men's baseball. Mm. In my personal opinion, like if you look at the most of the Southern schools, they're the ones like in the top ten, aside from a California school. 
it's really interesting to see like which sports in general like basically have that steep steep drop off because we kind of have that in football when it comes to conferences because you know the sec then the big 10 but then and it's like literally everyone else so i think it's kind of funny how you mentioned that with the with the uh, talented drop off yeah. especially because like recruiting for women's basketball like, it's got to be also a difficult thing too it's kind of like i would love to actually hear more about that yeah no doubt and before i get you out of here of course i mentioned at the top of the show i want to talk about leonard hamilton real quick because i was watching packer and durham and it was one of these uh, stats that they put up on the board we're talking about first year coaches and of course you know me being a carolina grad thinking about hubert davis and people evaluating whether or not he's been successful it looked at the start of careers right and florida state leonard hamilton first season four and twelve and currently we got hubert davis sitting at 12 and five and we're not trying to compare those two coaches specifically but just in general the pressures of being you know an acc coach trying to win early and win often to now being someone who is a hall of fame coach why did people have more patience with leonard hamilton than it seems that they are having with like the coach uh, hubert davis's of the world because when i think when he took the job he didn't have this massive microscope on the basketball program like True. when coach ham started there it was 2002 2003 fsu had been i think in three straight national championships back in the 90s and we competed in Orange Bowl every single damn day. But it, we're a drinking school with a football problem. That's the way we describe FSU, FSU football, FSU sports. In I love that. And to me, like, basketball wasn't that damn good back in the day at all. I think, I mean, I know we made one championship game, but that was like back in the 60s or 70s. I think we mm-hmm. played against one of the uh, UCLA teams back in the day. I think John Wooden. But aside from Sam Cassell, Tony Douglas, too, like, it didn't really matter that like, we, like, we, basketball was something extra to do if you really yeah. care about it. And then Coach Ham has come in. And this is where I kind of like he should be in the Hall of Fame that he's made it so that people like me, people like Dave actually want to go out of our way to watch, actually, you know, like consistently follow the entire program from start to finish. And yeah. not only does it for the fans, he does it for these lottery picks that shouldn't even be considering our school when we have a Duke, a UNC. We also have Kentucky out there, too. Like, why is Scotty Barnes coming here? Why yeah. is Patrick Williams coming here? We had Matthew yeah. Cullen, Jalen Warley coming here, too. It's he's made this to be a destination for not only you're going to play. But you're going to develop defensively, and I'm going to guarantee you're going to be a lottery pick coming the coming next uh, this summer. So it's like to me, he has made this into the program. Like he is the program builder. Like people say that Bobby Bowden did the football program. I think Coach Ham has done that and excelled. Actually, probably been even higher than that in my personal opinion because it is hard to get people to care about basketball. And he's not only cared about people, got people to care about basketball. He's got them to be engaged and enjoy it as well. I love that. You know, I would what I'm hoping for in Hubert Davis's tenure is that people calm down with their love of basketball. Like for us, obviously being with Carolina, people are too extreme about basketball at times. And I think they want everything to be perfection out the jump. And they don't think about, you know, Roy's star. They don't think about guys who had to go through some struggles and growing pains. And they don't think about the new landscape of college basketball in general. Like Tyler Hansborough was staying all four years, right? He wasn't, you know, running off after one and done and saying, I want to go to the league. Now, mind you, he wasn't going to be a great league player anyway, but you had guys that were dedicated, Danny Green's of the world, you know, Harrison Barnes wanting to stick it out to at least their junior year. That's not necessarily the case. And so I think while everyone's trying to navigate NIL deals and then the landscape of what college basketball is, you got to have a more realistic expectation and be more excited about some of these wins that he's currently giving. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you have to. And then, like, if when, like, example, and it's really funny because we, when we beat Duke on Wednesday, I'm sitting there and watching them sort on the court. And I was like, part of me, like, from back in when I was in school, I think we made two tournaments. And then the rest of the time I was there, we went to the NIT twice and we didn't make anything like my last year. Yeah. But now where I'm sitting there, I'm watching us at basketball. I'm like, I'm like, why are we storming the court? We should mm. be, you know, we should be at the, at the caliber now that we're when we beat Duke. 
we we just you know we celebrate it we go we go home but then yeah. another part was like wow like kotam has made the school into be believing that like we should be expecting wins like of this caliber against a duke against the unc against the blue bloods of the conference because as a new blood that's what mm-hmm. we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to hold the mantle for the conference especially now with coach k leaving for williams gone like that to me should that should be his conference for years to come and that's going to be very exciting to watch because this team while they're very young and make a lot of dumb mistakes and also we can't shoot the damn ball which <laughs> i discuss all the time on our show which it's going to be a fun team to watch it's a fun program i just i just hope ham is here forever because like I know he's up there in age. He looks he looks younger than me. I know looks great. Damn, and I know for damn sure he's in better shape than I am. So I would love to see like how long much longer he's gonna be here because like we love the guy. I'm build the man a damn statue. No doubt. Listen, black don't crack. And that's a right, that's a for show you're right on. Drizzy Drake, thank you for coming on the show. As always, you make it a good time. Please remind these folks of where they can find you, follow your work. Uh, before I do that, I do want to give a special shout out to Florida State Women's Softball. They had two Ooh. freshmen in a D1 softball, top 75 freshmen, Brooke Blank and also Amaya Ross. And they also had three players in the administrative softball preseason rankings for top 100 players, that being Mac Leonard, Sydney Sherrill, and Catherine Sandercock. Women's softball, we went to the championship last year, but we're going to go for the whole entire thing this year. But you can follow me at tally underscore underscore Drake. You also can follow us at Knowles Anonymous. That's where we basically engage with our fan base. where we have our Discord, you know, where we, where we get the themes or messages or what we want to talk about on the show. And as always, follow my co-host Max Moody at Max Moody 17. As always, go Knowles. We love a good shout out. Okay, I love that. Shout out to the softball team doing big things. Baseball and softball season are upon us. And I look forward to seeing some good things on the diamond mound for diamond heels that's what they call them the mound i'm learning you know whatever the entire thing's diamond the big thing you got me okay you got me okay you had it i'm fine i don't care whatever wrapping it up (laughs) guys make sure you come back monday we'll have recap of all the games follow at locked on acc on twitter and if you want to get some betting action you can listen to locked on bets podcast wherever you get podcasts with your boy q and lee sterling so make sure you guys hit them up for candace cooper and jersey drake we hope you guys have a smart and safe weekend until next time